0: I know I say this often, but this really is one of my favorite Gospels. I, it's, it's just an epic story. And I, you know I, I, I love The Chosen, and I cannot wait until The Chosen gets to this episode. Because it's going to be awesome. They've already proven that they can do awesome stuff. This one's going to be epic. Because the reason it's so great is because everybody thinks that Jesus met his match. And he comes and he's standing before a dead man who's like, he's really dead. He's been dead four days. That's like what they're trying to say is he's really dead. You don't come back from that. Dead people stay dead. And Jesus somehow raises this man to new life. And so what's been going through my mind this week as I've been praying over the readings is death. Not in a morbid way, but all the readings mention it. And all of Lent, I don't know if you know this, is a preparing for death. It's not only preparing for our own death, it's preparing for Jesus' death. Why? What does death do more than anything else? It takes away that which we love. That's what death does more than anything. It robs us of that which we love. And so we prepare for not only our own death but for Jesus' death as we move through Lent. You should see this, you guys. The Catholic Church is, is a, it's genius about this. This is why we call it the smells and bells of the Church, right? Everything within the liturgy, within the seasons, is teaching us. What's the first thing we do in Lent? We give things up. Well, you should. I don't know if you did or not, but you should. We discipline our bodies. What does that mean? We take away things that we love. Maybe that's alcohol. Maybe that's food. Maybe that's social media. Maybe that's video games. Maybe that's, I don't know. But you're depriving your body of something you love. It's a little death. And then what happens? Well, then stuff starts getting taken away within the liturgy. You know, I had a guy last week, he's like, Father, I'm, I don't like the music at St. Joe's anymore. I'm like, why? He's like, there's no organ, there's no piano. And I'm, no offense to you guys, you can do a great job. <clears throat> but he's like, there's no organ, there's no piano. And I'm like, Good? Good? I'm glad you noticed that. You should feel it. Why? Because things are being taken away. Then this weekend, we cover all the statues. Everybody's like, why do we do that? The Catholic Church is weird. Right? Now they look like mummies. We do it because more and more things are being taken away from us. Because we're getting closer. Next week is Palm Sunday. And so this week, we cover the beautiful things of the church to show that even beauty's being taken away from us. I told my staff next week, or next year, I was like, I want to cover all the stained glass windows too because it says that you're supposed to cover all images, all sacred images. They didn't like that, but we'll see what happens. But all of... He's one of my staff members. All of Lent is a preparation for death, right? All of it. I was thinking about this. Think about it. From this Sunday onward, all it is is focusing on death. This Sunday, we see what Jesus does when he's encountered with death, right? The death of his friend Lazarus. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. We begin to meditate on the passion of Jesus. Good Friday, I don't know if you remember. So remember I said things are taken away? If you guys remember in Good Friday, you know what happens at the end of that liturgy? Everything in the sanctuary is removed. Because now it's all gone. God is dead. Everything beautiful is gone. And then on Easter Sunday, we see what Jesus does with death as he conquers it. But when we talk about death, we get uncomfortable. A lot of people do. You know, the, the other uh, couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I was talking to the second graders about First Communion. And I said, what's the greatest gift you've received, kids? And this kid's like, oh, this Hot Wheels racetrack. And I'm like, no, wrong. There's other kids, oh, my PlayStation. I'm like, wrong. And they were just going through with all these things. And finally, they were just super confused. Because they were focusing on the wrong thing. Finally, this one kid's like, oh, I got it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, life. I'm like, good. Life is the greatest gift. I said, why is life the greatest gift? He's like, well, without life, we can't enjoy any other gift. And I'm like, good. Smart little kid. But then I said, but kids why can't this life be the greatest gift? And they were all like, "Mm." This one little kid's like, ooh, I think I know. And I called on him and I'm like, why can't this life be the greatest gift? And he's like, this life can't be the greatest gift because we, he kind of like looks around he looks at me and he's like, we D-I-E. And I'm like, you can say it, buddy, it's okay. And he's like, we die. I'm like, that's right. We die. So how are we supposed to act in the face of death? Because we see how Jesus acts in the face of death, right? He weeps. He hates it. I think sometimes we feel like we have to be tough in the face of death. I tried to do this with my mom. Terrible idea. Didn't work at all. I was an absolute mess. And why should we think that we should act that way when Jesus didn't even act that way? When he met his best friend who died, Lazarus, he wept at his own death. Remember in the agony in the garden? What does he say? Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to do it. He sweats blood. Why? Because death was never part of the plan. Death is an atrocity. Now, I know that some of you aren't, well, probably all of you aren't Greek scholars. But the Bible, every once in a while, does a terrible job of translating. I don't know why. But there's this line in today's gospel, and it says that when Jesus saw that his, son, or his friend had died and he saw the people, he was perturbed. That is the dumbest word. Whatever moron came up with that word in the Bible is a fool. The actual Greek, you know what it says when he stands before the tomb of his best friend? It says, his guts wrenched inside of him. He howled internally, perturbed. Really? I get perturbed at a stoplight. (laughs) My guts don't wrench inside of me. God hates death, you guys. He abhors it. It's not natural and we know it. And yet we all die. And Despite despite the medical advancements we have, despite the technological advancements we have, we're still going to die. There's nothing we can do to conquer death. However, I did read an article last week, and AI scientists believe that by 2030, we will live forever. Dumbest article I've read in a long time. I feel dumber for reading it, in fact. It's ridiculous. But are you ready for it? Are you ready for death? Because it's coming. Because every other major event in our life, we rehearse. Your wedding. And we have wedding rehearsals. Think about how much planning you put into your wedding day. Graduations, parents, think about how much planning you're doing for those open houses. We do it in Lent. We're trying to prepare. That's why the the church gives us all these things. It's not to ruin the next 40 days. It's to get you Ready? For something that is inevitable. But sadly, few take part in it. And because of that, few are prepared for what death is going to be like. So, here's how you do it. That, Lent really gives us three ways. The first one. We got to think about it. A lot. Because it's coming. It's the one for sure fact of our lives. I was listening to a podcast this last week. And he was talking about a new study they did. I think it came out of Harvard. They polled 20,000 uh people, and they found out that the findings were astonishing. They found out that the mortality rate of humans is still a hundred percent. You get it? Okay. We're I mean it's just there. It hangs over our heads. You know, when I was living in Rome, there's this church. If you ever get to go to Rome, I think it's called uh San Francesco della la no. Something of the Immaculate Conception, whatever. Ask me when you go, I'll find it for you. But in the basement of this church is what is affectionately called the Bone Church. This church is not a church, they're like five separate chapels. When they were digging underneath the church, they found that there was a a Capuchin burial ground. And they found over 3,000 bodies of dead Capuchin monks. And somebody had a great idea to take all of their bones and to make chapels out of them. So when you walk through these chapels, there's five of them. they're about 15 feet by 15 feet. The, the altar is all made out of bones. human bones, femurs, radius, and ulnas, fingers, there's skulls in the front of it. The floors are mosaic in bones. The chandeliers are rib cages. The wall, it's just crazy and morbid and eerie, but nothing prepares you for the last chapel. As you're walking, it's kind of artistic and cool. I don't know. The guy, the guy he was a, a weirdo that did it, but it's cool. So anyway, you get to the last chapel. And the last chapel, when you come around the corner, there's these three monks. And they're skeletons. And they're kind of bowed down, but you can see the skeleton face with the hood, the brown hood over the top. And their skeleton fingers are sticking out. And there's three of them in a row. And there's a sign down below, and it says... What you are, we once were, and what we are, you soon will be. I have never been more in touch with my mortality than in that moment. If you knew, you guys, that you were going to die next week, what would you do? Would you do anything different? Would you change anything about how you live? Do it now. Do it now. Second one, practice discipline. What we're going to do, <clears throat> what we should be doing all of Lent, what we should do it all of our lives. You know what we used to call discipline? Mortification. Mortification comes from two Latin words. Mors and facere. Mors means death. Facere means to make. So mortification or discipline means to make death on your body. Why? So that we're Ready? I've I've come to this realization, maybe it's because I'm 43 and half dead, but the longer I live, there are two, two ways that you can approach life. You can either mortify your body and live temperately. What I mean by that is you can deny yourself stuff and enjoy life for a very long time and grow in holiness. Or you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, and then God is just going to rip it out of your hands with you kicking and screaming by giving you, I don't know, heart disease, diabetes, whatever. That's the two ways. We're meant to discipline our bodies. Our bodies react better when we discipline our bodies. When you make death on your body, you slowly deprive it so that you're ready when the real deprivation comes, which is the end. And finally, the final thing you can do to prepare well for death, go to confession. Confession. Go to confession. Whether we want to admit it or not, at some point we're going to sit down with Jesus and have a face-to-face. And if you can't go, because you're too afraid, if you can't go to a priest who is a sinner himself, but God has chosen as his representative because it would be too much to be face-to-face with truth and love itself, if you can't sit down with that sinful man, you will never, ever sit down with him. You will run in fear. I think that the lack of confession is keeping millions, if not billions at this point of souls out of heaven. Because when we die, Jesus will be waiting. And if you've never experienced forgiveness and mercy, you'll run from it. Think about the stuff that we hang on to, you guys. The unforgiveness. The lack of love. And if we're honest, confession is like a death you got to die to yourself. And go admit what you've done is wrong. And then you, like Lazarus, pass from death to absolute life. So that when that day comes, you're ready. So don't be afraid of death. Face it. Think about it so you're ready when it comes. Practice discipline so you begin already to know what it is like to die. And go to confession so you're ready when death comes. And when that day comes and you close your eyes for the last time... You won't run from Jesus in fear and embarrassment. Rather, you will run to him because you know he is mercy itself. And you, like Lazarus, will not only conquer death in this life, but secure your life for eternity.